What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is a sorry short on the road, but we had to get those picks in for you guys. Sean and I jumped right in today, talked a little bit of baseball, just talked about the Mets, and we said that the Yankees were good as well, which everyone knows. Then, it's the moment you guys have been waiting eight months for. We did our picks and the much-awaited Sperm Bank pick of the week. Um, we will be recapping all the games, obviously, next Wednesday on Wednesday Football, and we will have a Monday rundown coming for you on Monday. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, and shoot us an email if you have anything to say, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is a sorry short. So, football came back yesterday. I got Sean on the line. We are doing a a little bit of a road game here, but we wanted to get our picks in. Football is back, Sean. How do we feel? Uh, I hope Sunday's a lot better than yesterday, but it still feels great because yesterday, regardless of whether it looked like a preseason game or not, it was a regular season game, and that means we are now with football every week. We are now with football every week till the beginning of February, and that's fucking awesome. That's exciting stuff. Let's just hope it's not foreshadowing tomorrow of what the season is to become. Well, let's let's just keep in mind, I mean, over the last few years, the it's usually taken about three or four weeks for regular season games to really get look like regular season competition because under this new CBA, it's not even new anymore. It's nine years old, eight years old, but you know, the quality of play without these guys hitting much in practice or at all, these guys holding out, not having much continuity. Um, you know, the preseason is pointless because at least it used to be back in the day, people would play yeah. now, not at all. From and what I um, remember the last, this couple... is really an extent. This is an extension of the preseason. Yeah. What I remember the last couple preseason, the last couple Thursday night games that they've let off with have kind of been a dud. So they, they rolled with the status quo there, but I think me having a crazy work week kind of um, saved us picking the Bears and the Green Bay Packers. I think I did us both a favor there. Not that I would have gone with it. I wasn't touching that game, but you know what? Thanks, man. Thank you. Of course, of course. You know, I'm a hard leadership CEO and a hard worker. All right, so why don't we talk a little Mets Yankees first, just to give people a little feel for this sorry short of a of a Monday rundown feel. So the Yankees are good. The Mets are gonna miss the playoffs. Um, what's his face? Edwin Diaz. Is that the closer's name? Uh, not the closer anymore, but he still has to close games. Yes. Serves up another walk-off home run to Kurt Suzuki. They came, uh, the Nationals came back from down seven in the ninth. The Mets are a back to being the Mets and the Yankees have 92 wins and they're tied for the most in major league baseball. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. It's awesome. I mean, we got guys coming off the IL as well. What can't be lost in that Met series was the fact they actually won the series, but they're, they, for some reason, just had the Nationals number this year. I think they went 12-7 and seven against the Nationals this year. Now, that game, that have, loss was just so devastating. It but see, like that, and I, was, I, was, I woke up the next morning because I didn't see how that game ended. Um, woke up the next morning, saw the score, and I'm like, man, I just don't get it. Like, why these, like, it's not... The Mets did not get a reliever in July. 
they didn't upgrade their bullpen, and Seth Lugo can't pitch every day. We talked about this two, three weeks ago. They have two guys in their bullpen who they basically can't pitch, but eventually have to come into games, and that's Diaz and Familia. Yeah, and, and, and like, obviously no, if you're and, a decent and, and listen, team, they're they going to be high that, leverage. Yeah, of course, dude. And, like, you know, Lugo can't pitch more than two days in a row. Most relievers can't. So, whatever. Like, that's he's been great. But, again, this team has a flammable bullpen that is very capable. Now, the other night was historically bad, but they are capable of blowing a lot of games. They have 25 blown saves this year. That's terrible. And that's going to force you to lose a lot of games that you should have won. And also, man, not for nothing, because it's not twenty. It wouldn't have been twenty-five games they would have won because a couple of those games, you know, they they maybe came all the way back and then had a one-run lead and they blew it. Yeah, and you know, even there are no Mariano Rivera's anymore. Even Chapman, who's about the best closer in baseball, has his rocky moments. But they didn't get a reliever. Everybody was talking about how they got Stroman and this, that, and the third. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I do. You guys just have blind faith because. They were playing about 680, 690 ball there for a while when they won 15 of 16. And baseball is, you know, in a 162-game season, it's long, dude. You're, you're, unless you're the Orioles or the Marlins or the Tigers, you're going to have some stretches where you play pretty really, like pretty well. Yeah, but and like you said, a 500 it's, team. it's long. They're just going to regress to the mean. That's what baseball is. It's not right. like some of these other sports where if you win a bunch or a couple games here or there, you lose a couple games here or there, you're going to miss the playoffs. The best teams make the playoffs, period. They're not so bad where they're a 15-game under 500 team like they were there in about May and early June, but they're also not so good where they're winning 15 and 16 games. And I give them credit for that run they went on. They excited the fan base and, you know, went out and got Stroman. But they didn't address their main problem, which is their bullpen. And until they do that, this is going to be an issue. And it's not like I sat there, like, laughing and just thinking about how smart we are. But I'm like, this is what Met fans get for thinking that they can just roll out there with the great starting pitching because that's only been what you've tried to do since 2013 and your bullpen is still a train wreck. And you're going to lose games that you should win simply because of that. Now, like I said, they did take two of three from the Nationals, but that was a crippling loss because you had that game one. That should have been a sweep, and you're not at a point in the season where you can afford to lose games like that. You've got to win basically every single day, and that's not going to happen when you when you lose games like that. So I'll, I'll end with just saying... You know, they're not going to be a playoff team, but if you were a Met fan, you probably were hoping for the season to be meaningful into September, and that's what you've gotten. And now you just play out the rest of the season. Alonzo, let's give him some credit. He has, he's got 45 bombs now. He's tied with Trout for the league lead. And he also is seven away from tying and eight away from breaking Aaron Judge, which is still incredibly possible with like 25 games left. Absolutely. It's still there. I don't see him doing it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. But And that's a great story. Absolutely. The the Mets need a little something to hold on to. Um, all right. So we talked we talked Yankees for two seconds. They're very good. We'll talk about that on the next Monday rundown more in detail. Um, and we're obviously going to break down the Bears game next Wednesday. Um, there's really not much to talk about there, but I have a few questions. Um, but we pretty much did this, sorry, short to get our picks in and on the air. And we'll be tweeting those out as well. So why don't we jump in and do it? Obviously, we're going to start with the locals, as we always do, and then we're going to do our two random teams, and I'm going to give you the much-awaited, 
It's been about eight months or whatever. The sperm bank pick of the week, everybody. Oh, everybody's so excited. America's favorite segment. Absolutely. So this year I said I'm doing it for real the whole year. So I'm locked in and ready to to go. All our fans. I, I hope you are locked in and ready to go as well. For sure. Always. All right, so why don't we Start lead? Us off. Why don't we lead off with the New York Jets? They are at home against the Buffalo Bills at one o'clock on Sunday. Um, it's going to be a nice, warm day, I believe. The weather should be fine. The Jets are favored by three at home. That's kind of standard. That's basically Vegas saying these teams are about even, which I tend to agree with. I'm going to take the New York Jets at home by three. Everybody's a little worried about Le'Veon Bell. I think this team has much improved in skill position players. They have a very good defense. And I just think I'm going to take the three points at home. I'm going to agree with you here. Um, I do think both teams are pretty much even. And a lot of me wants to take the Bills. And a lot of me wants to take the Jets. But I'm going to take the Jets at home. Not just because they're starting at home against the division rival. But to be perfectly honest with you, dude, when was the last time they lost a home kickoff game? Like a right, like a the first game of the regular season. It's been a while, man. I can't remember it. And remember, that's because the Jets are cocktees, and that's what they do. I mean, I I cannot recall. I look for trends when I'm picking Week One games because it is such a crapshoot, especially divisional games. I think both these teams, you know, whoever wins this game is going to have you know the inside track to to possibly steal a wild card spot or at least contend a little bit longer with the Pats. But I'm just look for trends, and the Jets don't lose opening day at home no it doesn't seem like it they just lose every other game there you go so i'm gonna take the new york jets and agree with you so we're getting off to a boring start all right Je- same thing as last year i feel like the first three weeks in a row we we pretty much were in line um so that's the jets minus three at home sean and i are both locked in on that next game we're moving on to your new york giants on the road in dallas against the dallas cowboys the Dallas Cowboys. The standard week one game that's just not on Sunday Night Football this year. Well, yes, but I mean, I'd rather watch the Patriots, to be honest with you. Um, but the Giants and Cowboys always yeah, open on that, absolutely. Sunday, that Sunday night. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this time it's actually at 425, not at night as, as usually is. The Dallas Cowboys are favored by seven at home. I believe that's a true line, and I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys minus seven. I think they're going to win this game by at least a touchdown. Um, It looks like Amari Cooper is a full go for this game. Ezekiel Elliott's back, and I really like their backup as well that they drafted. His name deceives me. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. I I know Zeke's probably not going to do a full workload this week, but I really like Pollard out of the backfield as well, and... I think that the Dallas Cowboys are probably going to win this game by 10, but give me the 7, give me the Cowboys at home. Well, I got to start off my season with a little bit of hope and optimism, and it's blind hope and optimism, but I'm going to pick the Giants in this game to cover, not win, but cover. Um, The 7 is a big number. That means that they're a whole touchdown and an extra point better um, than the Giants, And, and to be perfectly honest with you, the Cowboys might be. But I have to start this season off with some optimism about my New York Giants. Eli has had a lot of success in Dallas, not over the last couple years, but when the team's around him been better, uh, he has played well in Dallas. I could see this being a game where the Cowboys win by, you know, three or four points and, and take it, and maybe the Giants fight for a late drive and just don't push it in the end zone. But um, 
I got to feel good about this team, man. I mean, this year I, I feel better about just the overall feel, you know, not counting, uh, not counting Golden Tate's suspension, but I feel better about the overall feel of this team than I have before. The O line's better. Obviously, you got Saquon. He's capable of just winning the game on his own. And um, if we're going to continue to not worry about Daniel Jones starting games, you guys got to play well. And I think he does play well in this game, but Dallas will take it. But the Giants will cover, so give me the Giants. All right, so from a fantasy perspective from that game, I would definitely start Sterling Shepard this week. Evan Ingram's a lock every week, and I would probably... Although you're probably locking him into your lineup because he's owned in 100% of leagues. Amari Cooper's going to have a down game. I think the Jackrabbit's going to have a really good game. Um, But let's move on to some of our out-of-market picks. These are our random picks. So the first one I have for you is the Baltimore Ravens on the Mm. road against the Miami Dolphins. Baltimore is favored by seven points. I just think the Miami Dolphins are going to be absolutely terrible. And it's been a week since they traded probably two of their best players. So whoever's filling in for those two guys for the rest of the season is not going to be ready. I think Baltimore has a really good run defense. So Kalen Balaj and Kenyon Drake are going to get stomped the fuck out. Um, Fitzpatrick, I'm feeling a two-pick game here. I, I might take the over on the two-pick game if that's what the line is set at. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens jump on them early, score, and then run the clock down. So give me the Ravens by seven on the road against Miami. There's so much part of me that wants to take this game, and I'm doing a survivor pool, and I was, and almost everyone's taking this game. But survivor I pool am, this week, I would take Seattle. That's where I ended up going. Good but man. I was thinking here, and I'm like... I would not be shocked if Fitzpatrick just has a crazy game. Not necessarily like the Dolphins would win, but where he just, everybody thinks, oh, the Dolphins are the worst team in the league. Look who they traded, this, that, and the third. And uh, and he just has one of these absurd games. But and here's the thing. Touchdown here's the thing, man. Last year, I could understand the Fitzpatrick crazy game because he's throwing oh, yeah, the he legs of Mike right. Evans, Chris Godwin, Cam, uh, OJ Howard, and Breit. Can you name two offensive skill position players that that aren't running backs besides Devontae Parker I don't I can't think of one I and he's hurt can't. all the time this is just this is just a weird feel about Fitzmagic which is why I'm not picking this game but I I, I think that was a good call on you I am going to look to the uh, Cleveland Tennessee game the game is at Cleveland Cleveland's a five and a half point favorite at home this is the largest favorite they've been in about 20 years 25 uh, yeah about 20 years so if I'm looking at the Browns, I'm thinking this. You know, I'm not buying into the hype, but that's this whole season. That's not going to start with a loss to a very underwhelming Tennessee team that still has Marcus Mariota at the quarterback and could possibly look to switch uh, Ryan Tannehill in for him at some point this season, and that explains what kind of shape they're in. So I'm going to look at this five-and-a-half-point spread with Cleveland at home in the dog pound for their most hyped season. I think they are too overhyped, but not for this game. They're going to take that five and a half and run with it. And uh, this is probably a two score game. All right. That's a good pick. So why don't you do your last pick before we do everybody else's favorite segment, the sperm bank pick of the week. All right, let's do it. So I'm looking at the Indianapolis Chargers game. Um, Indianapolis is on the road at the soccer stadium that the LA Chargers play in. <laughs> the Chargers are home uh, and or are favored rather by six and a half. 
and rightfully so. They're, they were a playoff team last year, and even though Indy was too, I'm not sure if you heard this, but Andrew Luck is not playing quarterback for them anymore. What? Uh, he retired. Oh, yeah, i got to check know. my fantasy team. Hold on. You, you should probably make sure of that. Um, yeah, so Andrew Luck will not be there. Jacoby Brissett, who got a two-year nice little extension, kind of, you know, the team showing a little confidence in him because at this point you kind of have to. Um, I'm going to pick the Colts to cover in this game. Uh, I won't pick them to win outright, but I'm going to pick them to cover the six and a half. The Chargers don't have a home field advantage. Every time I look at the home field, I'm like, I don't know why they're getting three extra points for being at home because there is no home field. They play every single game on the road. That's a 30,000 feet or 30,000 seat arena. So I'm, I'm not going with that. Um, this Indianapolis team is still really good. I didn't pick them to win the South, but I picked them to be a good team. Um, and I think Brissett is a much better and more competent quarterback than people give him credit for. You can't use that sample size he had two years ago at all to judge him. I mean, that team was in complete disarray on the offensive line. And, you know, that was the reason Andrew Luck didn't play that year. Uh, they were completely in shambles. So I'm going to look at Indianapolis and say, go out on the road, play a good game, keep it close. Uh, I didn't pick the Chargers to be a playoff team, so I'm not expecting them to just run away with games. And um, give me Indianapolis to cover the six and a half in L.A. All right. I, li- I like that pick. I think Indy's going to be a lot better than people think this year. But who the hell do we know? I think we both picked the Bears to win the division. So We're only one game in, though. The All Bears? Right. You're talking about Houston. Well, right? yeah, but I'm saying the Bears played last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, night. right, right. Yep. All right. So people have been waiting eight months for it. You know, I've been the phone's been ringing off the hook. The Twitter replies, all that stuff. I can't wait for the sperm bank pick of the week. When's the sperm bank pick of the week coming? Here it is, everybody. The moment you've been waiting for for how long, Sean? How long's it been? Uh, eight eight months? months about, okay. right? All right, Seven so the sperm months. bank pick of the week this week is brought to you by at Dino Hype Co. I got to give it to my own company on the first one. And at Sorry Sports, obviously. All right? All right. It's brought Do to you by thing. them. This may, guys, listen, I might go 16 and 0 this year. Don't, don't. Count it out. Okay? Just make the pick. All right, so I am going to go down to Tampa Bay. Oh, look at you. We are both high on the Buccaneers this year from what I remember from our preview. And it's going to start week one. It's going to be 150 million degrees down in Florida. San Francisco just lost Jarek McKinnon. They also don't have a secondary at all whatsoever. And what's Jameis Winston's biggest weakness? Throwing interceptions. Those guys are not going to pick him off. So you can count that out. Jameis Winston puts up huge numbers, and he's got big weapons this year. He's got an actual competent head coach in Bruce Arians and a very good offensive coordinator in, who is it again? By- is it Byron Leftwich? Byron Leftwich, yeah. Yeah, the guy that wears the fedoras and shit. Um, and I just think that Tampa Bay is going to win this now, game. You're thinking of Bruce Arians there. Bruce Arians is the No, no, coach, no. But, Leftwich uh, does too. Bruce Arians wears the funny hats, and that's why he hired Leftwich, because Leftwich does too. They're funny hat buddies. Oh, right. I like yes. that. Yes. The Funny Hat Boys are going to lead this team with Jameis <laughs> Winston to at least a three-point win. Our spread here says Tampa's only minus one. Lock it in. Get to the sperm bank, everybody. Donate as much as you can. Tampa minus one, your sperm bank pick of the week. I'm starting off this season 4-0. Strong. I like it, man. I like it. You've got conviction behind you this year. It seems like you're less distracted. I think you're ready to go. I'm locked in. You really want to make me eat all that shit food, don't you? 
Oh, it's going to be glorious. It really is. I'm excited for this season. I'm excited the season kicked off as disappointing as the game was yesterday. And, I mean, you can't beat it. It's my birthday month, and football's here. And that's the gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in to this Sorry Short. Uh, Tom, it was good talking to you remotely. We'll be back in the studio on Monday night to uh, do a rundown on the baseball weekend, whatever NBA news and notes. There's a few things there that we got to talk about. And then uh, Wednesday for a full NFL pod, the first of many this year. Absolutely. Everybody, enjoy the weekend. Happy football season. Take care, guys.